You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle Podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. In June of 2021, I accomplished something that is all too rare for those with lived experience. I told my story and made my call for change from a TED stage. The fact is, our society puts too much emphasis on those with learned experience. You know, the person who spent 20 years researching something. And that's okay, because those voices are incredibly important. They provide the information that the rest of us run with. But we can't minimize the voice of those who've actually lived these experiences. That person doing research can't tell you what it really feels like to go through withdrawals, and they shouldn't want to. We need all voices at these tables. So if you're looking for someone who actually has lived these experiences, who can talk about struggling with mental health and substance misuse, who can talk about what it really feels like to go through addiction, who can speak eloquently about the war on drugs from both a learned and lived experience, reach out to me. And if you're looking to create a more complete experience, a round table or whole cadre of speakers, I can bring numerous people with me who have experiences that are unlike mine and unlike anything else that you've heard. So reach out to me today and let's create a complete learning experience for your office, your club, your school, or anywhere else, because these voices need to be heard and these lessons can create change today. Reach out and let's all choose our struggle. Hey y'all, welcome to a special Monday Motivation episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. What you're hearing today is a special audio-only version of Heather Wild-Smith's A Day in the Life. Uh, this was supposed to be out a couple weeks ago, as we she and I talked about on her interview. Um, I just it, The timing didn't work out, which is fine. It's out now. I strongly, I, I, I think this every time, that you should go watch it instead of listen to it. That being said, I know that that's not realistic for a lot of people's lives. You listen in the car, you listen while you're running, whatever the case is, and, and you don't have time to go watch something. So um, a couple things about this. Number one, it is, like most of these, way better uh, in video, but this one is like tenfold. It, it was so good in video. I've said this before, but it's like I'm glad that I was taking a couple weeks off from a day in the life. So that's number one. Number two, um, as with her interview, she's going to be talking about sex work in a very honest and open way. Um, this is the one where she fakes multiple orgasms. So if you are listening with kids, um, you know, again, as I said with her interview, either A, don't, don't do that if that's not your thing, or B, props on being a very progressive parent. So uh, that is your heads up. Without further ado, enjoy this special uh, amazing episode with Heather Wildsmith. All right. Welcome to the fourth edition of Choose Your Struggle Presents A Day in the Life. I am your host, Jay Schiffman, uh, the founder of Choose Your Struggle, the host of these events, A Day in the Life and Rock Bottom Storytellers, as well as the podcast, Choose Your Struggle. Uh, now, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time tonight, a couple of uh, introductions and, and sort of explanations of what's going on. A Day in the Life is one of the two virtual storytelling series I put on. This one, the goal of these events, the goal of, of A Day in the Life, is simply to return storytelling to people's lives and in doing so help them relate to someone that they may not have uh, had a similar experience of. Uh, in the past, we've had stories 
about uh, let's see living in a trailer park and almost being stabbed uh, we had a, a my best friend Spark Tabor tell the, the story the first time he was called the n-word uh, so they've been real stories and now tonight we have a very special guest uh, she is going to be telling a story about her career in sex work which is something that I cannot relate to whatsoever and I'm very interested to learn more now a couple of instructions no matter where you're watching this uh, YouTube Facebook Twitter uh, you can comment and 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 and, and give us your questions uh, just if you're on Twitter just drop a, 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 a tweet below the, the the video that you're watching on YouTube or Facebook just drop a comment um, and and I will see them and at the end of uh, Heather's story I'm gonna return and interview her for for 10 15 minutes so so that's your chance to get some of those questions in now a uh, couple of other things number one uh, you may see a, 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 an eye with a number at the top of the screen ignore it uh, as much as I love this platform streamyard and I do I, I streamyard if you're hearing this I, I you're a great platform it doesn't work well with all of the different uh, social medias that they go on. Perfect example. Uh, last time I did a day in the life two weeks ago, that number never got above zero and we had over a hundred people watch. So if you're seeing this and you're wondering why uh, it still says zero, uh, it's a bug. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but, but, it, but ignore that. Uh, so there's that. Also, got to give a huge, huge shout out to my sponsor, my partner, sorry. Uh, that would be Bookshop. Now, if you haven't heard of Bookshop, it's a pretty great organization. Just like, let's say, oh, I don't know, Amazon. It's an online retailer for books. But here's what they do that makes them so special. Number one, they give money back to people like me. That's right. If you go to this link just below me and you buy a book there, I'll get a, a, a proceed from, from that sale. So that's amazing. But number two, it allows you to choose your favorite bookstore. Now, this could be the bookstore down the street. For me, it's my favorite black-owned bookstore in northern Philadelphia, and they will give a cut of that order to that bookstore. So unlike, again, let's say an Amazon, they aren't just trying to keep all the profits for themselves. They're also trying to help your neighborhood bookstore. So please check out Bookshop. And if you do, use the code that you see below me right now, bookshop.org slash shop slash CYS. Again, that's bookshop.org slash shop slash CYS. And uh, you can check out all of my favorite books that are listed. Uh, my, my bookshop is full of books that, that you have heard on my podcast. Uh, but you can find any book you want there. And it's a, it's a great, great site. And it's my favorite, uh, favorite partner for this. So, so I really do appreciate Bookshop. Uh, so that's pretty much it for me. And, and as I've kind of made clear, this night is not about me. This is about Heather Wildsmith. So without further ado, I'm going to bring her on to tell her story. She can give her full introduction. And uh, I promise you this one's going to be good. All right. Heather, welcome to the stage. Hey, Jay. Thanks so much for having me on. I've listened to uh, two of these and I'm, I'm kind of nervous because uh, Spark and uh, your other friend did amazing jobs. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> well, you know, it's it is a good series and it is going to be made even better by you being here tonight. So without any more from me, everyone's here for you, not for me. I'm going to put myself backstage and I'm going to listen with everybody else. So, Heather, take it away. And he's just gone, <laughs> just like that. Okay. Hi, everybody. I am Heather Wildsmith, and I am a serial entrepreneur. Um, I have uh, currently, I'm a business coach for purpose driven entrepreneurs. Um, I have been a limo driver. And tonight, I'm going to be talking to you about actually my longest 
um, longest career, I guess, my, my first really career as an adult, and that was as a sex worker. So <laughs> what you need to know uh, to begin with is that um, I grew up in a really small southern town, very conservative, and at a very young age, I knew I did not belong there. <laughs> Um, but my family, they very much felt at home there, and we hardly ever left, you know, our small town or, or very much not the southeast. So everything that I knew about the world really came from the world outside of our small Southern Baptist conservative town was from movies and, you know, and books and, and TV. And my, my parents had a knack for for letting me see things that I'm not sure I would have let my child see. <laughs> okay, so in knowing that I didn't belong in this town, I knew I had to get the fuck out. Like, I just, I felt like at any moment, like, I knew I was bisexual at a very young age. I knew I did not believe as these, um, the churches that we went to believed, and I knew I had to get out. I felt like at any moment I could be stoned to death um, <laughs> for, like, not belonging, and so I was really smart. I was really good at school. And I decided that um, at 11 that I was going to be valedictorian of my high school because I knew that I would get scholarships. So it was very smart, very good in school. Now, um, my one vice, I was a good kid, but my one vice was I was always very, very, very curious about sex. And I actually started having sex when I was 14. And, um, you know, but other than that, like I went to school, I did my after school activities, you know, I was good kid from a good family um oops I'm not sure what happened but I'm back I think um <laughs> when I was 15 pretty woman came out and uh, my parents let me go to see it I think I saw it with like uh, my friend who was you know my same age as a neighbor and from the start of this movie I was just fascinated I was like sex plus money is like the coolest thing ever <laughs> And I think that I connected really with Vivian, with Julie Roberts' character a lot, because in the movie, she's actually from Macon, Georgia. Now, Macon is south of where I grew up, but it was Georgia, right? So I'm watching this movie with my neighbor, and um, and like it gets to the part where they're negotiating what's going to happen after this week is up, you know, that he's paid her this $3,000 to be with him for a week. And he is saying, you know, hey, I'd like to see you again. I'll put you up in a condo. You know, you keep the clothes that I bought you. I'll arrange for you to have transportation. And her counter offer is like, fuck you. I want to be in a relationship. I want the fairy tale. <laughs> and if you don't want that, then, you know, I'm gone. Now, you know, I, I'm from this small town. Like, I'm very, like, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't, obviously, my parents are letting me watch this movie, so I wasn't that sheltered. But I, um, you know, I had no experience like of, of, you know, a lot of these, you know, these things. I had no experience of prostitution or sex work or, you know, I'd never known any of these people. But at 15 years old, I'm looking at the screen when she's saying that she wants the fairy tale. And I'm like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> like, take the money, take the condo, get better clients. <laughs> So I wasn't a romantic. I was very, very practical, right? So um, there's, I actually got a chance to watch Pretty Woman this week, and I hadn't seen it in years. And um, there's a point where she's talking to Edward about how she ended up being a hooker. And she was like, it's not like anybody plans this. It's not like it's anybody's childhood dream. 
Well, it kind of was mine. I just thought it looked so cool, but I thought, you know, I'm a good girl, um, you know, except for the fact that I want to fuck around. Um, but, you know, like, <laughs> like I'm a good kid. I'm a straight A student. I come from a good family. You know, girls like me don't get into the sex industry. So I never thought that I would actually do it. And one of the reasons why I like to tell my story is because my story is very different than what it's kind of socially acceptable to talk about when you talk about sex workers. So usually like in the news or, um, you know, wherever you're learning about an experience of a sex worker it's something about somebody being trafficked or a woman that was forced into the industry by a pimp or who um, wound up in the industry because of drug abuse you know and so I tell my story so that people know that that's not that's not always the case right that stuff actually it does exist but it's not the only story right so um, I finished high school and, um, I always just, I still had this fascination and it was sex work, but, um, didn't think I would do it. I did go to school. I did go to college on two academic scholarships. The problem was I, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I, I think a lot of that was, I just didn't want to grow up, but I had no idea what I wanted to major in. My grades were good still, but, um, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And then my parents divorced and some kind of madness happened. <laughs> I kind of was like, oh, maybe my family's not so good anymore. <laughs> and that summer after my sophomore year in college, um, I found myself in Atlanta without adult supervision. Um, I was house sitting for somebody and um, I did try to get uh, a couple of regular jobs. I was, you know, I was a good bartender, couldn't find any bartending jobs, um, you know, tried to get some restaurant jobs, couldn't get any work. And I really just didn't want to go home. And so I was like, you know, my family's an hour away and they hate the city. So they'll never come here to find me. And I saw my opportunity. And so I went and I worked as a stripper <laughs> for three whole days. Um, I got accused of being an undercover cop because I looked very, very innocent. And um, then I worked at a place that was, was like, I, they call them lingerie modeling shops, but the colloquial term is Jack Shacks because there's a lot of hand jobs that go on there. <laughs> Um, but I didn't, you know, I don't really like, like either of those ways of doing sex worker. And I finally got up the nerve and I called one of the escort agencies in town. And, um, this is how like non pressure it was. So I was so green. Um, it, it was the term in the nineties. I don't know what the cool slang, the cool hooker slang is these days, but back then I was called green because I didn't know what I was doing. And, um, I went and I met this guy in a parking lot to like sign the contract to go to work for this escorting agency. And I knew I was going to put on makeup and heels and, you know, all the stuff to go to see a client, but it didn't occur to me. Like I'm very book smart, but I was not, had no street smarts whatsoever. Um, it did not a really common sense. It didn't occur to me that maybe I should be dressed up to actually go to this interview. So I show up at this interview with like my hair, not really fixed, no makeup on like <laughs> jeans and t-shirt and probably hiking boots. So I look like a college lesbian <laughs> and the guy looked at me and like, he was like, are you sure you know what this is? And I was like, yeah, totally. You know, and like, he couldn't really spell it out what it was, but he was like, do you know what this is? And I'm like, yeah. And, um, so I started working and I fell in love with it and I had so many like adventures. And one of the things that I loved about it is not only the money, but, um, I, 
I'm awkward about getting myself laid and I was single. So I wasn't really having, you know, any sex. I love sex. So <laughs> it was like, Hey, sex and money at the same time. And I was kind of infamous for enjoying myself a little too much. Um, when, um, I, I had friends, you know, in the industry that they were not as amused by the work. Um, they hadn't been tricked into it by pimps, you know, whatever. They they were staying in it for various reasons, but they didn't really love it. Well, I, I loved it and they would get kind of mad at me because I would stay like with my client longer if, if it was a two girl call, like if um, there were two guys that somewhere and they would send me in another girl. Um, the other girl would frequently get angry with me because I was staying too long because I was trying to get off. <laughs> So early in my career, I was, I was more concerned with adventure and orgasms than I was the money. Um, as I got older and met other women and learned more how to tip hustle, how to go in and explain to people why they needed to give me more money if they actually wanted to have sex with me. Um, I came, you know, I became like a lot more concerned with, you know, the money. Um, but me enjoying myself too much actually was a problem with some of my clients. So I'm going to tell you two funny stories about me being in trouble for having too much fun. So um, one, <laughs> you know, this is later in my career. And as I said, I'd learned how to ask for a lot of money. Like it would be two to $300 for me to come in the door. And then I learned how to talk people up, you know, and get, get them to give me, you know, 500 more, 800 more, a thousand more dollars. <laughs> and um, naturally some of that negotiation could take quite some time. So I was with this guy and he was like a traveling businessman, very clean cut, um, attractive guy, which um, was nice. But a lot of times it was a problem because they felt like they should get discounts. And I'm like, uh, no. Um, <laughs> so I'm explaining to him why he needs to give me like, I think I was asking for $800 more. And it took a while, but he finally like relented and he got out his credit card and I got my got my tip. I got my upsell. And um, so, you know, I, and I took pride in my work. Like I love to actually make people have a great time. And so we're having sex and he was a decent lover, you know, it wasn't anything like spectacular, but I mean, he was, you know, good enough. And like I said, it was, was kind of cute. And so I'm, you know, enjoying myself. Now I was portraying that I was enjoying myself a lot more than I actually was, you know, um, ladies, the key to this, um, you don't want to, really I don't encourage anybody to to fake orgasms because you're just you're just fucking you're just giving the giving these men like let them know what really works okay <laughs> nothing is worse than getting with a guy and he's like I know how to make chicks come I've made every girl I've ever been with come and it's like oh god you've had so many women that faked it anyway the key to a good faked orgasm is not going too over the top, okay? So you don't want to be like, oh, oh, God, oh, yeah, it's so bad. Oh, my God. Ah, you know, like, no, that's what you want to do. You know, what you want to, like, go more understated, like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, God. oh don't stop. Don't stop. Ah, ah. You know you want to do it, but you don't want to go like crazy with it. So I had done my understated orgasm and a faked orgasm. And shortly thereafter, he had had his orgasm and everybody was happy. So I thought, so um, I get him a warm washcloth and I wipe off, you know, I, I wash him off and I dry off his cock and, you know, just really doing the whole geisha thing. And then I go into the bathroom and I'm taking my horse bath, you know, and I'm like, you know, spraying myself off. And, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I wonder if I should call my friend. Maybe she's downtown. Maybe we can grab some, you know, something at a diner or maybe I should just go home. And, you know, I'm just kind of thinking like, 
you know, everything's good. Well, the guy walks into the bathroom and he has like this plastic cup with, with water in it. And before I can ask him, like, you know, what, what can I do for you? He throws the water in my face. <laughs> it wasn't, it was tepid. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't hot. It wasn't cold. So I mean, it didn't hurt me. And I was just so shocked that I didn't even get mad. I just laughed. And I was like, what the hell is that for? And he's like, that's for making me pay you 800 extra dollars and then you enjoyed yourself too much. <laughs> okay, so that was the traveling businessman. So I had another client um, that was a local guy and he actually saw me uh, several times a year over the period of several years. And so we actually got to know each other pretty well. And um, he was more of what I would call a patron than a client. So a client, you know, sees you once in a while, or maybe only once a patron is somebody that sees you, you know, kind of more frequently sees you sees you numerous times and they tend to pay you more over time instead of less and um they're just awesome because you just kind of got to get to be friends with them and you just kind of hang out well this guy happened to be really really great in bed um and but he didn't but he was he was great in bed because he didn't have problems getting pussy you know so he didn't really need to be paying for it he just liked me right so <laughs> he didn't see me that often like I would see him like several times a year and so whenever I would see him I would be so excited to see him I would be like quite lusty and um I we would have sex like several times you know over the course of a few hours that we hung out each time and and it was always really good and I always like very very happy well um we didn't see each other for a lot of years and we reconnected <laughs> and he was saying he was like he was like yeah heather like i used to get so mad at you and i was like what like we never fought we had nothing to fight about like we had a great time together what are you talking about and he was like you like every time like we were together you were like fuck me harder fuck me harder fuck me harder <laughs> and he was like in my mind i was like i'm fucking you as hard as i can and I was cracking up and I was like I normally I don't even like to be fucked hard I was like I just didn't see you a lot and I was just hungry and lusty when I saw you um but I asked him like I was like how many women do you think you've been with and he's like I don't know he's like you know I think it was like it's definitely in the hundreds and um I was like am I the most demanding lover that you ever had and he was like yes <laughs> so those are my two stories about um, being a lusty, happy hooker. And uh, there's tons more if Jay ever wants me to come back and tell like crazy stories. I can definitely, definitely do that. But um, I share this because when I was first becoming an entrepreneur, I was very intimidated by like all the coaches in the industry. Most of them have like a nine to five corporate background. And I really let it get in my head, you know, that my background was on my back. <laughs> And so I share my story um, to amuse and to entertain, but to also let people who have um, a checkered past, you know, if you've got a police record, if you were uh, a sex worker, or if you were a stripper, if you were a dominatrix, if you were a drug dealer, you know, if you have a criminal past, um, don't let that define you. Like, come, you know, do do what you're here to do. And you can keep doing those things if that's what you love. Um, but if you want to make a difference in the world in a different way, um, you're absolutely able to do that. And I am living proof. So, Jay, that's all I got. I would love to hear your question. <laughs> well done. That was incredibly entertaining. Uh, I can safely say 
for everybody watching at home who may be wondering. Yes, that is the first time on any of my platforms that somebody has faked an orgasm. So, wonderful. We're setting new ground for Choose Your Struggle tonight. Uh, I, I don't know how, you know, I will say this. I was going to save this for later, but I am taking a couple weeks off from a day in the life. And now I have to, because there's no way that whoever goes next, everyone's going to be like, yeah, they were good, but they didn't fake an orgasm. So it, it's not going to ever be as good as, as Heather. Uh, <laughs> so but seriously, I am taking a couple weeks off and now I'm really glad that I am. So first question, um, you you have now been retired from this for at least a, a couple of years, right? So, which means yeah. that you started this because you've talked about doing this for a while before the internet was a thing, right? I mean, the internet was yeah. not a thing. Well, the the internet was a thing; it was there, but it was it was early on. So, I started um, in the summer of '96. Yeah. So, the internet was around, but you were not using it the way it is now to find. No. Uh, so. Talk about how hard that was to get work like this before the internet. So it was actually incredibly easy. So remember this um, ancient technology called the Yellow Pages? <laughs> For real. That's that's how people – wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the Yellow Pages, all the major agencies had ads in the Yellow Pages, and the Yellow Pages were in every hotel room. Most of our clientele was traveling businessmen. Um, so, yeah, if you worked for a good agency and, and you, you know, um, didn't fuck up, um, it was actually very easy to find work. <laughs> but do you mean to, to tell me that if I, if I was a guy, a businessman on a trip in 98 – I could go to the yellow pages and look up escort. Is that what I'm looking yep, at? Absolutely. I okay. Know. So, so for anyone listening, if you ever make it into a time machine and come back as a, as a solo businessman in 1998, uh, open what was called the yellow pages and <laughs> look for escort. Um, that's good to know. I would not have even known how to do that. I don't know if I would know how to do that today. Definitely wouldn't have known how to do it in 1998. Um, I know it's wild. <laughs> so uh, there is a question I think that we see made fun of in movies and in memes a lot. And it's always like, all right, so somebody, you know, pays for your time. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Like, what do you do before and after the sex? Right. So you seem to, I mean, as you've made it, made it very clear, this was something you chose to do. So like, mm -hmm. what did you do before and after you hung out with a guy? Um, meaning during the session with him or what was I doing in between? Yeah. So what, um, so my, my way of working, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm an overachiever. So, um, I came in and I set out candles and I pulled out my CD player. Remember CD players? I had a portable CD player and, um, put on like some Sade. Um, <laughs> then I would actually go change into some lingerie and then come back out and um, I would actually massage my clients and get to know them, you know, because um, I was fascinated by people. You know, I grew up in this small town. So, you know, it was really fascinating to meet these people that traveled, traveled all over the world, doing business. And then, um, you know, I would calmly explain to them like, you know, hey, if you want something more than this, if you want a hand job, a boob job, a blow job <laughs> or sex, you have to give me more money. And so the first part was was spent doing that. And then. Um, you know, usually a credit card had to come out and I had to like 
make an imprint of a credit card. And we were talking ancient technology. Um, I learned how to do this um, with the back of, there was a special kind of pen. Like it was, it was a certain kind of office pen that you could make really good imprints of credit cards with. So, um, and I, I wasn't in, I didn't have a problem when I entered the industry. I did develop a drug problem while I was in the industry. Um, but it was never like keeping me there. Like it, it wasn't like a slave to it. It was just like, I like drugs and I like sex and I like money. It was perfect. Um, but I was extraordinarily, I mean, yes, in your twenties, not so much. And, you know, but um, yeah, so I was doing this like all incredibly high. I don't know how I did it. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, we would move on to whatever act they had uh, ponied up the money for. And then sometimes, you know, sometimes uh, they lasted for the entire hour. Sometimes the, um, God help me. Um, <laughs> sometimes um, the negotiations lasted, you know, most of it. I know there was a, um, there was a, a, a pitcher for some major league baseball team that was beautiful. And we argued, like, play argued, but argued for, like, 45 minutes over here. I'm giving me a tip. He finally gives me the tip. And I'm like, I'm like, you're just going to come quick anyway. And he looked me dead in the eye. And he was like, I will put you up against every room in this, every wall in this room. And I will not come until you tell me to. And I was like, okay, please sign. <laughs> I wish you remembered the name of this picture. That would make that story even more amazing. You know what? I, I, I kind of thought that I did but I've looked him up and I can't find him but no I wouldn't out somebody like that but um but yeah so sometimes it was like that and sometimes you know they would orgasm rather quickly and some people you know wanted to cuddle they wanted to talk and like in in our culture it's acceptable for a man to say I want an orgasm but it's not acceptable for him to say I'm lonely I want some company and so really uh, for a lot of them like the sex was a cherry on top like they definitely wanted the sex but they they actually wanted somebody to come and just be a human being and like i really looked at it as as a healing profession um you know it was it was you know a chance to offer somebody companionship and and human touch you know um and my favorite thing was when people wanted to cuddle afterwards you know or and when i would leave they would be like you really brightened my day and i'm like Thank you. <laughs> well, you very clearly you you've always been uh, a person to bring joy to others, and this was just a great way for you to do that. Um, it, it was. <laughs> so uh, you you mentioned the word stigma, which of course, as my listeners and watchers know, it's literally one of the two uh, sort of stated goals of the, the company Choose Your Struggle. And, and this is some, this is how you and I got to know each other. Was actually talking about our shared uh, struggle with substance misuse, but. <laughs> You touched on the stigma around sex work that we hear all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the reason people always push back against legalizing sex work because mm -hmm. they say, oh, those poor women are just being trafficked and there's all violence. Now, we obviously know that does happen. You know, mm -hmm. of course it happens. It, but it's the same way that the, that sort of straw man is used to deny uh, legalizing sex work as the images were shown of like extreme addiction is to, to legalizing drugs right so i'm mm -hmm. not going to ask you to speculate on percentages numbers whatever because that wouldn't really be fair to you what i do want to know is obviously we, you've been telling us a lot about all the amazing parts of sex work but it, you know every job has downsides so what were the downsides to sex work did you ever experience violence was there ever uh, situations that you you know really felt unsafe while doing this oh yeah Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I had, I had big adventures and I had a lot of fun, but was it dangerous? Oh, oh hell yes. Um, 
the agencies that I worked with, like they were calling to check in. They, you know, did have you, you know, check driver's license. So you kind of knew who you were with, you know, um, um, you know, and they would call. They, I did have situations where they called the police because I wasn't picking up my phone, you know. So it was less dangerous in some ways, but um, I, I did experience some scary situations. I did go to jail a couple of times. Um, I did have one violent rape, um, actually, and um, fortunately was able to um, get that guy put away. He's he's in prison now, thank God, uh, because he was serially preying on sex workers. He had actually just gotten out of prison five months previously for raping a dancer. So, um, yeah, there there is danger. It, it's not um, it's not all sunshine and puppies. Um, Definitely not. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's crazy shit. Now, I, I when I was in sex coaching school, um, I met a girl who was Hold an up. escort. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> All right. I want to hear the rest of the story, but did you just <laughs> say sex coaching school? Yeah. There's a, there's so a I've never now. heard those three words in the same phrase before. Sex coaching in school are usually the opposite and of <laughs> any sort of conversation. So, so please finish that story, but also tell us about sex coaching school. Absolutely. So um, I, I met um, I met a woman who was in my class. It was actually really cool because uh, Jessica Drake from Wicked Pictures was actually in my class as well. And I got to meet her in, at an in-person event where we, in the sex coaching school, we, we, went, to, uh, we went to West Hollywood and we watched porn all weekend in this group full of this room full of people um, so that people that were not very experienced with sex and hadn't led such crazy lives as, as I had um, could actually be exposed to all these different parts of human sexuality that they didn't um, hadn't previously known about. Um, but in fact, so this this woman, she was a super high end escort and she had started out. Her rate was like two thousand dollars for two hours, ten thousand dollars for the first day, four thousand dollars for each additional day, plus all her travel expenses. And even she, when she, when she and I talked, like she had had some kind of crazy experiences, but nothing compared to what I experienced on my kind of like mid-level sex work. And it was so funny. I was like, have you ever been arrested? Have you ever had this happen? And she was like, no, because I did it right. And I was like, bitch. But then I stopped and I thought about it and I was like, no, nah, she's right. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm sorry that you ex did experience that because I, you know, it's it sucks that obviously for anyone, like that's a horrible thing to go through. But more than that is that we've all had bad days on the job. That's sure. a really bad day on the job. That was a really, really, really bad, scary day. But I was I was really, really lucky because I talked to him using a condom, and um, they still they still put him away. Um, so I was like the luckiest rape victim ever. Like it was over in 20 minutes. Um, the cops got him that night. Um, he's been off the streets since then. I didn't have to worry about being pregnant or, you know, having a disease. So it was horrible, but it could have been so, so, so much worse. Well, again, I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but it does sound like for you, at least the, the positive far outweigh the negative, which is wonderful yeah. to hear. 
yeah. And by that time, like I had been in recovery and I had a lot of um, tools to like help myself process it. I did get some therapy. I had a really had a huge support network at the time. Um, and so it wasn't nearly as traumatic for me as it could have been, you know, for someone else. I was just, you know, but not that it was a good thing, but on to the happier topic of sex coaching school. So, <laughs> so, um, I had gone to coaching school, like life coaching school and I was a really good coach, but I, I didn't know what I wanted to do as far as like niche. And, um, finally I was like, I was like, well, I know a lot about sex and, you know, I think sex, sex is really sacred and healing and wonderful. So I was like, maybe that'll be my niche and did a Google search and uh, sex coach Institute is what it was called. I'm not sure what it's called today. Um, I think they were the only one at the time. Of course they were, you know, um, it was online, but of course they were based in Southern California and, um, <laughs> I contacted them and I'm like, Hey, um, I'm a coach, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I was a sex worker for 16 years at that time. I think I'd probably been in the industry for like 10 or 11 years. And, um, they were like, well, we had level one and two, I think we're going to bump you up to the advanced. I was like, thanks. <laughs> so, so is it fair to say then that, that you skipped a grade in sex coaching school? I did. I, I skipped the whole level, skipped right into advanced. Um, and even a lot of that, like it was, it was a good curriculum. Like they were, um, they, the people who did it, they had masters in, um, human sexuality and, um, it was really good information, but a lot of it was, you know, basically like there was this whole, you know, thing on like, um, on, uh, homosexuality. And I was like, I've been in the gay rights movement since I was 19. Like <laughs> I've lived this like, yes, next. <laughs> Well, I, 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 going to sex coaching school sounds like an experience that none of us will ever have. And I will say that when you write your autobiography, uh, it needs to be like subtitled, I skipped a grade in sex coaching school. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that, we're going to finish on, uh, we got a couple of comments, but we're going to finish on this one, uh, which is uh, that they ask, would you, you should teach classes on how to be demanding and own it. That is their, that is their comment. <laughs> So that's, uh, you know, I know you do webinars, Heather. So maybe that's your next webinar is, is, uh, how to be demanding and, and own it. Harder, 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 harder. Well, there we go. Uh, we don't even need to go to the lesson anymore. We've had it. So, uh, Heather, thank you so much before we finish. Now I know people can see, uh, the, your, your one link at the bottom, please spend a couple of minutes talking about where people can find you, how they can work with you in different ways, all the, all that kind of stuff all the things. So Facebook is where I hang out the most. And so this facebook.com slash Heather Wild Coach is really the best place. Um, I am on Instagram and, and it's also at Heather Wild Coach. Um, I do have a website, heatherwild.com, but I haven't rebranded it yet. So it's a bit of a mess, um, but you can go and you can see like the sales courses and stuff that I offer. So my passion is helping purpose-driven entrepreneurs who are in in the industry or in whatever they're doing, but I usually work with coaches and healers um, who want to make a big impact as well as having a big bank account. And so my specialties are like teaching people how to sell in a way, helping them customize the way they sell and do it according to their value instead of the sociopathic sales that gets taught so often in the industry. Um, <laughs> and um, helping people to uncover patterns that are sabotaging their business and um, helping them make their business more fun. You know, like advanced entrepreneurs, uh, established entrepreneurs 
helping them make their business more fun and help them make things work better. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be putting together a masterclass about um, these topics in the next couple of weeks. I don't know what that's going to be yet, <laughs> but come follow me on Facebook. You'll hear all about it. Follow her on Facebook. I do. Uh, and, and I, I was, my, my wife was asking me earlier how we got connected and I couldn't even remember, but uh, it, it's, it's, I've learned a lot from you in the short time we've been connected and even more tonight. So, uh, thank you for that. Um, thank you everyone else for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed, uh, this one. As I said earlier, uh, I, I am taking a couple weeks off in this. Usually this is every two weeks. Um, I'm going to wait about a month, uh, cause I've just got a busy schedule between now and then. But also because after tonight, no one's going to be able to top this. So uh, it'll give people some time to, you know, let this simmer a little bit in their memories and hopefully, uh, you know, forget it just a little bit to, to not have such a high bar for the next person you're, to live up to. So you're saying that I'm forgettable? Oh. I'm saying that it's going to take people extra long uh, to forget this one. And I, I know I, I, I speak the truth there and for most people. <laughs> Heather, thank you again for, for coming tonight. This was wonderful. Thank you, Jay. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody.